Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Akinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Psalm 137 tonight. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap. Thank you, Lord. Now they may sit him with the princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Let's say that again. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. My second reading is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 26 from verse 3 to 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 26 verse 3 to 5. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecolai of Jerusalem, verse 4. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Verse 5. He sought the Lord in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God, he made him prosper. One more time. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him. God gave me a word for somebody here today. Perhaps you are even watching online. And the word is this. Please listen carefully. This is not just a teaching moment. It's not just preaching moment. This is a prophetic word directly to somebody. You've been asking God. And God has this word for you. Promotion is coming. Promotion is coming. Promotion is coming. This is the heightened prophetic season. We're living right now in a heightened prophetic season that calls for unusual sensitivity to what the Holy Spirit is saying and what the Holy Spirit is doing. What the Holy Spirit is saying and what the Holy Spirit is doing. Lack of sensitivity or negligence on the part of any believer right now can be very, very costly. Jesus Christ got to the edge of the city of Jerusalem and he wept over that city. He wept only twice in the Bible. He wept at the grave of Lazarus and he wept when he got to the edge of the city of Jerusalem. And he said to them, he wept over it, over a whole, an entire city, an entire group of people. Jesus wept over them. Why was Jesus weeping over them? He was weeping over them. Listen carefully. He was weeping over them because they did not recognize the day of visitation. Let me quickly give you a revelation here. Jesus looked at a group of people, stay with me, that are alive. They're moving about. They're going about their normal business. And he, he cried over them. Then he got to a place, he saw a man that was dead. Four days, he's been buried. He's now stinking and he cried again. On both occasions, the common denominator is that Jesus cried. If you look at this mathematics simultaneous equation, what it means is that if you are alive, you're walking around and you're not sensitive, from heaven's point of view, you are as good as dead, buried, and stinking. So I pray for you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Grace to be sensitive to God in this season. Receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Let's quickly um, list some um, foundational work. It is God's will for you to be promoted. We just read in Psalm 113, verse 7 to 9. Regardless of your present situation, regardless of your present station in life, it is the will of God for you to be lifted. God lifts the poor from the, from the dust and the needy from the harsh heap. 
what, the word hardship there, one translation says garbage dump. In other words, it's saying that no matter how low you are today, God can still lift you. Oh, let's say that all over again. No matter how low somebody here is or watching online or watching this broadcast, God will lift you. God is a lifter of men. He's a lifter of men. And he has not changed this characteristic nature of his, that he's a lifter of men. There was a man in the Bible, his name is called Mephibosheth. He was living in a neighborhood called Lodiba. He came from an elite family, the family of Kish. His grandfather was Saul. His great-grandfather was very wealthy. That's Kish. His grandfather was Saul. He was the king. He was royal. He was born into royalty. He didn't know anything outside of royalty. His own father was a prince. As a matter of fact, the crown prince that ought to be the next king. So he was born in the palace. So much so that he came from an elite family. That he had a nurse. He had somebody looking after him. But suddenly one day, an unimaginable thing happened. You know, the nurse made a mistake. There was the news that came in. And the nurse was trying to take care of him. The nurse made a mistake. He fell down. He was age five. And he became paralyzed. Anyway, cut the long story short. Another tragedy happened. His grandfather and his father died on the same day in battle. So here was Mephibosheth. He was left. There was land. There was property. But he was not left. He's lost everything. He was now hanging out with one of his friends in a place called Lodiba. Okay? Hanging out with his friend. This story is in 2 Samuel chapter 9. But all of a sudden, one day, the king that was in Jerusalem reigning at that time, his name is David, the son of Jesse. He was sitting there. He was, he was thinking, one day he woke up. All of a sudden, you know, there was no, there was no premonition to this. All of a sudden, he just, by, he just caught a wave of this, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And he said, hey, hello, somebody come here. He said, is there anybody still left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? There was a covenant between David and Jonathan, the father of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was not even aware of this. He was just in Lodiba, living his routine life. He didn't know that there was a covenant that was speaking for him. And one day the covenant was activated to work practically on his behalf. Are you still with me? And David stood and said, I want to show him kindness, not for his own sake, not based on what Mephibosheth have said, not because I've had news that Mephibosheth is doing this or not doing this, but because of Jonathan's sake. Who is Jonathan? Jonathan is dead. Jonathan is dead, but the covenant he made is still alive. So the king said, I've got to show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And they came, they said, oh, there's still a guy called Mephibosheth. They said he's living in Lodiba. Is really down, king. If you're going to help anybody, try and help somebody within this geographical region of Jerusalem. If you have the heart to help anybody at all, help somebody within this region. There are so many poor people here. There are so many people that need your help here. Help them. And David said, no, I will help those ones in a minute. I will help them out of an act of mercy. But for this one, is an act of the covenant. And he said, bring him. And when they brought him, they said, oh, but by the way, sir, we need to let you know, we don't want you to be offended by the time you see him. This guy is smelly, he's really in bad shape. Not only that, he's lame at his feet. You don't want anybody that is lame at the feet coming to the real palace. <laughs> David said, you don't understand. I'm not acting because of the state Mephibosheth is in. I'm acting because of the status of the covenant. Listen to me very carefully. When they knocked on the door of Mephibosheth, and they said, Mephibosheth, the king has sent for you. Imagine the people around Mephibosheth at that time. They were like, say, is this a joke? This must be a big joke. King sent for who? Mephibosheth? Have you seen him lately? Listen to me. The call that will take you to strategic levels you can never, that's beyond your imagination, your wildest dream. Based on the authority of the covenant of Jesus Christ. Standing on his blood, that call will come your way very shortly. That's going to be a pleasant surprise to you. It will come your way very, very shortly. In the name of Jesus Christ. Mephibosheth was called and David called him and restored everything to him. God is still in the process, is still in the business of promoting people. What is promotion? I know you know the meaning of promotion without a shadow of doubt. But I like to just 
tell you what I mean, what I mean by promotion, based on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in alignment with His Word, so that we can all be together and have a, a better understanding of what we're trusting God for. Number one, promotion means to advance to a higher rank or position. To advance to a higher rank or position. Number two, promotion means enlargement and expansion. Enlargement and expansion. So let me go through it, then I'm going to tell you the application in a few minutes. Number three, I'm giving you only three. What is promotion? Promotion means to make strategic progress. Now, let's take it again. Number one, promotion means an advancement to a higher rank or position. Advancement to a higher rank or position. Promotion number two means enlargement and expansion. This is taken from Isaiah 54 verse 1 to 3. Enlargement and expansion. And number three, promotion means making strategic progress. This is taken from Isaiah chapter 45 when God said to Cyrus, I will hold you by your right hand. I will open before you the double doors. Double doors are strategic doors. They are not single doors. The single door can take you from one place to another place. A double door always leads into something that is unimaginable for you. And there is somebody this month, double doors will open for you. Double doors will open for you. Advancement, Enlargement, expansion, strategic progress. You see, the difference between strategic progress and routine, common level progress is that it's okay that we make progress like this every single day. But you see, when you're going to make a strategic progress, when you're walking on this, on this, on this floor right now, here, you're walking, taking one step after another step, that's called routine progress. But the same step, when you climb these stairs now, is now a bit more strategic because these stairs Okay, this flight of stairs is what's going to take you to this level all of a sudden. And you're not going to get to this level, okay, just by taking one step after the other on that particular level. So anytime a strategic door opens to you, it opens wide a completely new area to you. I'm praying for you. This month, strategic doors will open to you in Jesus' name. So that's what I mean by promotion. Who promotes? Who promotes? Now, don't confuse the source with the vessel. Don't confuse the source, okay, with the instrument that God will use. Please listen very carefully to me. For a believer, the source of our blessings indisputably is God Almighty. Indisputably. Don't confuse that. God will use men. There's no doubt. God works through human beings. There's no doubt. That's his system. It is what it is. That's the system. He works through human beings. He's going to work through maybe your boss at work, maybe a friend of yours, and different things. But the source is God. So listen carefully so you don't make a mistake. So you are going to appreciate people, the vehicles, if you want to use the word, a more spiritual word, the vessels, you will appreciate them, but you will give glory to God. You have to do the two. You appreciate the vehicles or the vessels, but you give glory to who? To God. You give glory to God. Glory, appreciation. Glory, appreciation. Very important. All right. So how does God promote? Let's rush through this. We're going to get it, get it done quickly. How does God promotes. Write this down, please, if you're writing, so that you can know what to expect. Okay? Because I'm expecting your testimony within the next 30 days. Yeah. I'm expecting your testimonies within the next 30 days. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not you I'm talking to if you're not saying amen. I'm talking to the person that is saying amen right now. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. How does God Number one, write it down. God promotes indirectly through people. God promotes indirectly through people. Notice I did not say through your boss. I did not say through your leader. I said through people because the promotion does not necessarily have to come from somebody higher than you in terms of what you're doing. The promotion of Naaman from an unhealthy person to a healthy person did not come through the king of Assyria. 
He didn't come through the king of Israel. He came through the maid, the slave in his house. I know somebody will say the promotion of Joseph came through the king, the pharaoh of Egypt. Well, technically, that's not true. It came through the chief butler that remembered him. So it doesn't have to come from the person at the top. Don't ever limit God to helping you to one person. Once you, in your own view, you think that it's only these two people can help me, God will not be interested. You have to leave it to the sovereignty of God to use whoever he wants to use. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah chapter 45, verse 9 to 11, it said God can even call a bed of prey from the far east, a man that will execute his counsel. The counsel of God is more important than the vehicle he chooses. The counsel of God, the determination of God is more important than the vessel he uses. That's why there's no vessel that can hold God to ransom. If God tells Mr. A to go and promote you, and Mr. A says, I don't like his face, then God is going to raise Miss B to promote you. I'm speaking to somebody here already. I'm speaking to somebody here already. It doesn't matter who doesn't like you. What really matters is that God has decided that you, within the next 30 days, you will experience unusual promotion. Oh, if you believe it, tell three people around you, promotion is coming, promotion is coming, promotion is coming. This is your own confession. Promotion is coming. I don't know about you. I had God say to me, promotion is coming. Come and shout it out with me. Promotion. Oh, let the realm of the spirits hear it. Let the devil hear it. Let the angels hear it. Let the earth hear it. Let your neighbors hear it. Come and shout it again. Promotion. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I don't look like it now. I know you don't think I deserve the promotion, but I can tell you, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Promotion! Mephibosheth will have told his friends when they were playing draft together, and they were playing Ludo together, they were playing different games together, you know, they were trying to flip the bottle, whatever games people play these days. They were, doing <laughs> they were playing all those games together. He said, guys, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel that I'm not going to be with you guys any, you know, for a long time. You know, I just want us to kind of like um, take a selfie right now so that uh, you can still start telling people that you know, you know me. So what's wrong with you, my people? What's, what, what, what is this? Are you having a mental health issue? Oh, somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he has paranoia. You know, he's just been para paranoid. What's wrong with this guy? What did he just say that, my people said? Yesterday night you got some money from me. You haven't even paid me. My people just said, I know. I don't know why I'm feeling this way too, but I'm hearing something. I'm perceiving something in my spirit. I'm perceiving something in my spirit. Brain, you better shake hands with the person sitting next to you because you just don't know in the next 30 days, something, something is about to change in their life. Something is about to change. This hand you are not respecting right now. Hey! This hand you are not respecting right now. Hey! Hey! You're not respecting this person right now. You don't even know. In the next 30 days, in the next 60 days, something is about to happen. Come on, the shout. Promotion is coming. Oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I know you don't respect me now, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, something is about to really change. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Promotion. Now, I'd like you to find a good neighbor that is a Christian. Perhaps you might be sitting next to one and just shake hands with them and tell them, congratulations on your promotion. Oh, tell them, congratulations on your promotion. <laughs> congratulations on your promotion. Shake their hands like you are privileged. Shake their hands like they are privileged. Don't just shake it anyhow. If you can't find somebody to shake your hand, stand up from your seat. You have my permission and look for somebody that will shake your hands. Promotion is coming, it's coming, it's coming. I know it, I sense it, I feel it, it's coming. Congratulations on your promotion. God promotes people indirectly through people. Daniel chapter 2. Verse 46 to 48 is a scriptural reference. Daniel chapter 2, 46 to 48. Number two, how does God promote? He promotes people through direct opportunities. By giving you a direct opportunity. Expect it. Some of you might expect one of the two. Some of us will expect both of them. Indirectly through people 
and directly by creating an opportunity for you. Now, in creating these opportunities, please listen very carefully. I'm going to tell you how these opportunities work in a minute. When God promotes, he promotes indirectly through people, that one is easy to know. He promoting you through people direct, indirectly. That's, that's by giving you through their venue or the instrumentality of favor. But directly through opportunities, how does that work? So that's what I want to show you right now. Then we'll bring the service to a close. How does this work? Number one, so you've got to be sensitive to this. The way he promotes you through opportunities is this. When God wants to give you an opportunity, please listen very carefully. The way you will know an opportunity is coming your way is this. God will prompt you. So this is, if you're writing this, it's by prompting you. I'm talking about how God promotes people through opportunities. The way it happens that God will prompt you to help other people. He brings along your path even when you are in pain. Let's say that again. God will prompt you to help other people. He brings along your path even when you are in pain. This is how many people miss the opportunity for promotion. Because as at the time you are in pain and you see somebody else that needs help, you legitimately, logically, you have a right, humanly speaking, not to help the person. After all, if anybody needs help, it's me. But what God really wants you to do is because what he wants you to con con connect with is divine. He wants you to step out of your human nature for a moment. What I mean by that is to, to put your human nature under and allow the divine nature. Jesus Christ was in so much pain. Imagine, he was in so much pain. It's one thing to come from heaven, leave all those privileges and become a man. That's already tough. Then you're trying to die for these people, they're rejecting you. That's tough. I, I, and all of that, I, I, get, I still get that part. You know, he's praying, you know, Holy Spirit is strengthening him. Okay, I get that part. The, the one I don't get, that every time I read it, I, I get upset on behalf of Jesus, is now I'm hanging on the cross. I'm hanging by nails. I'm really, I'm really, really in pain. They're beating me, all my body, you know, paining me. I'm hanging on the cross. And two rascals, I mean, two robbers <laughs> I'm on my side the last thing I need now my disciples have left me you know, the last thing I need right now is for anybody to be saying what these guys are saying and one of them is saying hey, hey, yeah, you're the one I'm talking to no, number one how is, does he still have strength to be talking you see because he knows he's guilty right so he's, he's there, he's there I'm trying to mutter some things father, have you abandoned me I'm trying to mother some things on the cross. And here these people are saying, hey, hey, yeah, you. What is the name again? Rabbi or whatever you're called. You, you said you were going to save others. You said you are the son of God, right? Okay, why don't you save yourself and save us too? And he was saying all this nonsense. The other one has to be coming him down and say, hey, shut up. Don't you know that we deserve what we want to have? This man does not deserve what is happening to him. Honestly, if, if Jesus gave me an opportunity to do role playing, Role play just for two minutes, I would have just come down from the cross and gone to the cross of the other guy and bring him down. I said, What did you say again? Say it again. <laughs> what did you say again? And you know, just like it happened in the book of Daniel, an invisible hand that was writing. This time around, the invisible hand was not writing, just be boom, 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 boom. Just slap him for like 20 minutes. Then while he's trying to run away, I put him back on the cross. <laughs> Next time, be respecting your elders. You know, you know. I mean, it was very disrespectful. Jesus Christ was standing. They were talking to him, the chief priests, elders, and all these people. They're standing there, and while they were asking him question, "Are you the Son of God? What did you say?" Then he did not say a word. He was trying to be calm, trying to be Jesus. He didn't say a word. Then, then so one of them said something. Then Jesus said, "You know what?" I didn't say anything in secret. Everything I thought was in the temple. Everybody heard me. Ask them. They know what I said. I'm one of a zealous new employee that's still on probation. <laughs> Actually, the Bible calls him one of the servants of the priest. But I call him a zealous new employee still on probation. Ran to Jesus and gave him a slap. Why? I've can't, I consider that very disrespectful. I still feel for Jesus up to this point for that. 
you know, I'm not just, and one won't get to go there and started pulling his beard. I was going to say, this beard has nothing to do with redemption. Don't touch that. And giving him a slap. But Jesus went through that pain. When you are in pain, Jesus was on the cross. He was still saving somebody on the cross in pain. When you help people, when you're joyful, when everything is comfortable, it's one low level. When you help people, when you're in pain, it catches the attention of God. Listen quickly. David, the story of David, First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, verse 6 to 8, he asked God, after he had gone through pain, his family had been captured or kidnapped, his house burnt down, ramshackle house burnt down. God had anointed him to be king over Israel. He's now a fugitive running away from Saul that wanted to kill him, all right? And he's in pain. His people that he had helped, his boys that were around him, friends now that have become his family, they were not planning to stone him to death. I mean, he's been rejected by everybody. Rejected by the king. He was originally rejected by his father. Now rejected by King Saul. Now rejected by his own people, his own family. Kidnapped, helpless, in pain. And God said to him, in verse 8, just like God is saying to somebody here, God said to him, pursue you will surely overtake them. And without fail. That's the word for somebody. You will recover all. Now, if God gives you a word like this, usually you'll be dancing, you'll be praising God, you'll be celebrating, you'll say, hey guys, I have a word from God. God has spoken to me. I'm not going to fail. I'm going to recover all. But how will you recover all? What's the process? Let's watch, let's look at the process. Let's jump to verse 11. While on their, on their way, because of time, let's go to verse 11. On their way to go and recover all. They don't know where these people are, but they just know God has given them a word. So they stepped out in faith. As they stepped out in faith, the Bible says some of the people that went with him, they found an Egyptian man in the field. Now listen to this. And they brought the man to David. Then they, they gave the man bread. And the man ate. Listen to this now. And they let him drink water. For you to understand how sacrificial this is, your house has burned down. All the supplies you left at home is gone. The little one you have, this is the wilderness. This is the desert. You're trying to pursue an army that has come to attack your family. All you have is just running on God's word. You don't know where they are. You don't know how long it's going to take. You don't know if just the supplies you presently have will be enough. But you found somebody that's an Egyptian. It's not even an Israelite. It's an Egyptian. You know, and you're a Gentile from their point of view. And now you found him and he's dying in the wilderness. Well, anybody can die. I'm in pain. But you know what? The first thing you do is to give the guy bread and give the guy water. Notice that it, God did not speak to him directly to do it. But he was prompted. He knew that somehow this guy that is needy, there's a link between him, me helping him and my next stage in life. And verse 12. And they gave him a piece of cake. Ah, ah. Cake. And two clusters of raisins. Now, when I'm reading this, this is sounding like you give him an appetizer, salad, the guy is waking up a bit, you give him water. Now you're putting jay rice in front of him, some jack chicken, some oxtail, praise God, some dodos, praise God. Let's, let's keep on, let's stay with the scripture. All right, let's go back to that again. Thank you, Lord. Raisins. And when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had not eaten or drunk water for three days and three nights. David helped this helpless man. Then what happened next? Then David said to him, who do you belong? Where are you from? Oh, the man said, I'm a young man from Egypt. Okay. I'm a servant of an Amalekite. All right. Oh, my master left me behind because three days ago I felt sick. Oh, sorry about that. He said, well, what happened was that we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah. Okay. And of the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. You did what? <laughs> you did what did you say again? You burned Ziklag with fire. You have called the mighty men. And you no, know, David had some guys that were so brutal. One of them said to him when, he, when they saw Saul at one point in the vulnerable state, he said, Please, let me cut up his head. I won't do it twice. Only once. They were very efficient soldiers. He said, we burnt Ziklag. David could have called them and they would have burnt this guy with fire. 
when you are able to show mercy to those that hurt you. You are creating a bridge that you will climb onto your next stage. You know? We burn Ziggler with fire. Keep going. The next question of David is what amazed me. David said to the man, can you take me to this troop? The man said, we burnt it with fire. The man did not say, I'm an eyewitness, they burnt it. The man said, we. And David said, that's all right. Can you take me to this troop? And the man said, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. This man is really testing my patience. Not David now. My patience. If as I'm reading it now, my this man is really testing me. Because I'm taking myself, listen to me. The father, I'm even still talking to you. You took my water, took my food, my cake, my raisin bread. You took my J-Rice, jack chicken, oxtail. You took all this stuff with ice cream. And Thank you, Lord. And now you are saying, I should swear to you, listen to me, you don't deserve any promise. But as I said, that you will not kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And this is what is important. Do you know what helped David there when I was meditating on this? What helped David there is that he was able to keep his eyes on the big picture. It's what many of us cannot do. We get into petty quarrels, petty quarrels, petty quarrels, petty quarrels. We cannot keep up. At this point, if David got entangled with the man, that's where his destiny would end. But he kept his eyes on the big picture, the troop, the troop. He did not even know that there was a parallel battle going on from the Philistines against the Israelites. And Saul and his son, Jonathan, would be killed. And he was going to be king. He didn't know this. He just kept his eyes on the big picture. Touch your neighbor and say, keep your eyes on the big picture. Oh, yeah, stay focused, stay focused. Keep your eyes on the big picture. Yeah, very helpful. Don't get into petty quarrels. There are people that are not going anywhere and they have made up their mind they're not going anywhere. Don't let them hold you down with petty quarrels. Leave all these little, little quarrels alone. He did to me, he didn't greet me, he didn't see me. He didn't what is all of that? He greeted me money and he didn't put good in my money. What is all of that? Saw me, he took his eyes, saw me, didn't take it. They said, stretch forth your hand to somebody. He stretched forth his hand towards the person at the back, not me by his side. What's your problem? Petty quarrels. I was coming to church. They allowed the person that was coming behind me to go to that side. And me, they sent me to that side. Perhaps it was because of the color of my shoes or the color of my pants. What is that? That's all petty issue. I was driving to church, and those guys that was in front of me was driving the Rolls Royce, you know, um, and behind me, they went to him and told him, you can go in. The guy, because I was driving this Skoda car or ladder, and they, they, they sent me all the way to Dixie Station. <laughs> Please listen to me. Don't extract, don't let your pain shape your self-image. Don't let your pain, your circumstances shape your self-image. You see, when you're down, you think everybody's looking down at you. When you're down, that's how you see it. You see, they're looking down at me. Don't let your present situation shape your self-image. You are who God says you are. You understand? David offered help to that man. And the man took, let's read it because I want to show you the story. I want to show you the story. I, I don't have too much time, but I want to show you the story. And when they are brought, when the man brought them down to the place, brought David down, he saw the troop. The troop were spread all over the land and they were eating and drinking and dancing because of the spoil they took. Then David attacked them and David recovered all. David recovered all. Now, this is what you have to learn. In the kingdom of darkness, there is no love. There's no love. Love is the fruit of the spirit. Satan doesn't have that. This troop, if you look at it from their point of view, an Egyptian was sick. What level of wickedness is this? And they left the man to die in the wilderness. It was as a result of that hatred that they were defeated. If they had been nice to the man and said, oh my goodness, you're sick. We can't leave you like this. Let's take you with us. David would never have found them. Please don't be mean to people. You're digging the hole for your own downfall. Don't be mean to people. Be very careful. Don't mistreat people. Don't mistreat people at all. 
Be very, very careful. Be nice to everybody. Because one person you mistreat, the information they will give can destroy you. Help people. And God brings people around you. Help them. We came out of the pandemic about a year ago. Some, something like that. During the pandemic, by the grace of God, God has brought us into this place by His grace as a church. We have uh, some properties. Our church, where facility of our church is just down the road, five minutes drive from here. Literally five minutes drive from here. We had that property and you know, because of good management, we leased it out. It was too small for us, that's why we came here, as you can see the crowd today. So, we, we, we you know, we listed out to another part of the body of Christ, another church. And during the pandemic, things were rough for everybody. Everybody was trying to figure out themselves. So they had a bit of a challenge in pain. And they wrote to us, they're very responsible. With they said, hey, guys, we don't know how you guys have been able to do it, uh, how you guys are doing this stuff, but you know, this is affecting everybody. And we're not able to do this at this time. You know, they propose, they propose many different things. Uh, what are we going to do? And as of that time, we are just moving to this place. Don't forget, there was just two Sundays we spent here before this nation was shut down. We just moved to this place, coming from a place that this place is about five times, at least five times, five and a half times, bigger than where we were using before. So we had, which basically means overhead has gone up, many things, maintenance, different, different things have gone up. And we still had a bit of things to clear up in, in terms of the construction. After when you finish constructing a place, you give it about 30 to 60 days to be able to look at a few things, then you can clear it up. We still have a few things to do. So we, we were in financial need. That's what I'm trying to say. And it was one of those days I woke up in the morning, went to the washroom, I was brushing my teeth, and I heard the voice of God. Because I was thinking, what are we going to do, Lord? And I heard the voice of God. And he said, whatever they say, they can do. Don't trouble them. Let them do it. I called it to myself. I had God. This is what God told me. Don't trouble them. Whatever they propose that they say is the most comfortable for them, if they say can, they cannot pay for one year, leave them. And that's what we did. We left them until they said they can pay. <laughs> Friends, little do I know, that was a major thing that triggered an avalanche. God just opened up a pipeline of resources for us based on that. The heavens just opened over us. And I want to really, really thank every one of you here and thank our online family. God raised up quite a lot of people online. They were not even in this country. They were not in this country. Online, particularly in the U.S. And God started using them to minister material benefits to us as a church. Things went up all of a sudden. Because, you see, he will call a bed of prey from a far country. The man that will execute his counsel. You, how many things are you stopping in your life because you are not kind to the people near you? If I had laid hold and said, no, 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 who do you think they are? They can cheat us out of this. And we grab that little, that little is what we will still have. And it will never be enough. Help people around you. Watch out for the people around you in this season. Be of help to them. I know you're in pain. I know they've offended you. I know many things have happened in time past. Please let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Your future is bigger than that. Stay focused on the big picture. Promotion is coming. <laughs> Number two, quickly, and then we wrap up. How does God promote? Number two, the first one is by prompting you to help other people, and that connects you to your next level. Number two is by giving you a direct idea from heaven. Whoa, I'm going to be praying about this over you today. Giving you a direct idea from heaven that will be relevant on the earth. Genesis chapter 31, verse 6 to 13. Reference, but you can check that home later on, on your own. Genesis 31, verse 6 to 13. Giving you a direct idea from heaven that will be relevant on the earth. Now, please listen carefully to me. Everybody that is in business here, listen carefully to me. Everybody that's running an organization here, whether you own the organization or not, whether you're a senior executive there, you are part of people that run the organization, or you, you're running your own organization, maybe it's a real estate investment company, or what have you, or any other services 
company or production company or you have a franchise, just listen carefully to me. When God gives you a direct idea from heaven that will be relevant on the earth. In business, there's something called sustainable competitive advantage. Okay? Sustainable competitive advantage. Anybody that's in business will understand this lingo. Listen carefully. Why this is so, so, so exciting for me. When God gives you an idea, he also releases supernatural resources to ensure the success of that idea. When he's the one that gives you an idea, then he releases supernatural resources to ensure the success of that idea. It is these supernatural resources that are invincible that makes it difficult for the ideas to be easily replicated by imitators. Particularly in our community. Number one, this is part of the laws of economics. Any market, any area, business area, where profit, where we stand to gain profit, it will always attract players in that market. If the next thing right now is to bring in shoes from Indonesia, and you are bringing in shoes or from Iran, and you are bringing in shoes from Iran, and you're making money, I guarantee you, in six months' time, you auto automatically, your success in that field has automatically attracted competitors into that field. Do you agree with me? Until there's no more profit to gain in that market, then the competitors automatically disappear again. They take their money, they go to another market. This is the way business works. So don't be angry that there are competitors. What you should be trusting God for is to give you a sustainable competitive advantage. I know what I'm talking about, both in business and in ministry. This sustainable competitive advantage, listen very carefully to me, this supernatural resource that God releases is what gives you this sustainable competitive advantage. You cannot stop imitators, but imitators cannot stop your own level of success. Why? Because, you see, you are not operating in the natural alone. There are forces that are following you that are making it to work. And anybody that is copying you don't have those forces. They can copy the idea, but they can't copy the invisible resources following you. Hebrews 11.29. Hebrews 11.29. By faith, the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea as of dry land. You can explain that scientifically if you want to. The Egyptians, uh -uh, because the Egyptians were not planning to go on dry land, but once they saw a market there, uh -uh, why not? Let's go. So they attempt to do the same thing. What happened to them? They drowned. They drowned. They attempted to do the same thing. They even have superior resources. They had chariots. These Israelites were primitive. They were working on the foot. So you can, they can look at your business and say, oh, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Have look at the strength of this whole business. They have only one strength. Only one thing we can identify. I look at the weaknesses, 20. I look at it, the opportunities is even reduced. They look at the business, it's already, it's already in the decline. They look at it, they've done all the analysis. When they measure your strength, they see, maybe the only thing they give you is just that you have name recognition. That's the only strength. But that's nothing. They can always overcome that. They have the resources. They can invest in their brand in so much, so, with so much resources. And all of a sudden, they can have brand awareness, then brand recognition, then they start having brand equity. They can have all of this, but listen very carefully. Because when they are doing their SWOT analysis, they don't capture the supernatural resources with you. Okay, okay. If somebody comes in and wants to count all of us here, he counts us and says, oh, you're a thousand and something, 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 something. Number. But they don't count the innumerable company of angels. <laughs> you can't count that. They don't count the anointing. They don't think there's an asset. If I go to the bank and I say, please, can I have $10,000, $10 million, please? They say, um, please, um, what are your uh, assets? I say, number one, anointing. Is that sorry? <laughs> Currency of which country? <laughs> I say, oh, yeah, anointing breaks the yoke. <laughs> they don't count the favor of God. They don't count the favor with God and the favor with man. They don't know that there is a place you can stand in the spirit and animals that chase other people will come to you and enter your ark. They don't know. They don't know that there's a place you can sit and ravens that don't feed their children will bring food to you regularly. They don't know all of that. So they just want to copy what they see in the natural. 
I've known many people, particularly in the U.S., that have decided that what is, how difficult is it to pastor, particularly with the internet today. Download one message, put it together. You are more articulate than the person. Preach it. So go around the building, get a real estate agent, rent the building, do a lot of adverts, Instagram, you know, Facebook, put all of our adverts out, create a brand, logo, put all of that together, and let's start church. <laughs> I know one particular guy that had a first class in the university. First class student in the university. Came out of the university, first class student. And then he decided he was going to do this. This was in, I don't want to mention the name of the state in the US. Then he did this. He went to go and get a place, and he called his pastor. He said, come and bless the place. The pastor said, oh, wow. The pastor said, well, don't you think this place is a bit too big to start? He said, no, no, no. I don't want anybody to limit my vision. I have all my plans. The man spent six months there. Only six months. It's no longer a ministry. Six months only. Because he thought, because people had promised him they would come. They come. He's going to speak to people in church, they'll come. What he doesn't understand is that people don't actually come to you. He thought they would come to him. But anybody you don't attract with your light, you can never keep with your voice. They come to your light. Are you still in the house? A direct idea from heaven. An idea from heaven. I'm saying that to you because God is giving somebody here a unique idea today. Listen, whether you've started a business or you've not started a business, you're about to start a business, God will give you an idea that will take you leaps and bounds. This idea I'm talking about, listen to me, is in two ways. He give you the idea, it can be a product or a service, or it can give you the idea you already have your product or your service. You give an idea on how to penetrate a new market. Say amen to that place. Yeah. Same idea, same service. But you redirect it, you reconfigure it, you might even repurpose it for a new market. And all of a sudden, people are looking at you and say, what? 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 God Almighty will take you leaps and bounds in Jesus' name. Yeah. I came here today with a word for somebody. Promotion is coming. 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 No matter where you are, no matter how low you are, no matter your previous level of success, promotion is coming. God is taking you higher. I'm speaking to somebody. God is taking you higher. God is taking you higher. You will expand to the right. You will be enlarged to the left. You will expand to the right. You will be enlarged to the left. Oh, you will move up to a higher level. You will move up to a higher plane. Your days of mediocrity are over. Your days of stagnation are over. The days of being on one spot, over. Days of lamentation, they're over. Days of stagnation, they're over. Promotion is coming. Repeat that with me. Promotion is coming. Promotion is coming. I want you to personalize it if you can. My promotion is coming. My promotion is coming. My promotion is coming. Remain standing if you're standing. On Sunday morning, on the 8th of February, Sunday morning, 2015, I woke up and God spoke to my heart. Promotion is coming. Nothing looked like it. I came to church on that Sunday morning. First service, we were running three services at that time. First service, and I told them, I said, God just spoke to me this morning that I should expect promotion. Many of you remember. On the 30th of April, that same year, just two, and two months, two and a half months after, at exactly 12.21 p.m., I remember exactly where I was. I got a phone call, strange phone call from the president of the university here in Canada saying that, um, is that Pastor Wally? I said, Pastor Wally? I said, yeah, 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 this is Pastor Wally. <laughs> he said, you know, um, they've gotten a nomination for my name and they just wanted to know before they move forward to the governing, governing um, council of the university if they should move forward with it for me to be given an honorary doctorate in divinity. I said, Move forward with it now. <laughs> move forward with it. So they moved forward with it. You know, a week later, the man called me and said it was a unanimous decision. Now, I didn't even know anything about this. Who nominated me? The last thing I, the only thing I remember, this was 2015, was that in 2011, Pastor E.A. Adeboye was given the same award. That's all I remember. I just said, so I got home. I told my wife, I said, you know what happened to me? This is strange. Cut the long story short, on the 6th of June, that same year, I was conferred with a doctorate. 
Thank God, many of you, thank you. I appreciate it. You were all there at that time. Thank you for coming to celebrate with us. And that, I remember that morning when I went into the office of the president of the university and I sat down and we were having a chat, we were taking photographs and all of that. And they put the gown on me. I just felt in that office, I felt a new level of grace come upon me. I just knew it was a new level of grace. Listen to me very carefully. I'm saying this prophetic word over you today and my family that is online watching. Write down today's date, 6th of August 2023. This is the day you were promoted. Yeah. This day, on behalf of the Most High God that rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he will, this day, I declare you promoted. Yeah. I stand today under this prophetic anointing. The God that took this church from seven adults, seven adults, and a few children in a living room here in Mississauga, Trewood Road in an apartment building with less than $500 and took it to this. What we see here today, Gino Church, there's another service after this, our young adults church, and took it to what we've seen today. I pray for you today. In the areas you have asked God to promote you in alignment with the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit today, be shifted to that level in Jesus' name. Be shifted to that level in Jesus' name. Be shifted to that level in Jesus' name. By the authority of Jesus the Christ, I speak over you. Be shifted to that new level. Whatever force has held you down where you are, whatever the enemy has put around you, on you, that is making people not remember you, that is not allowing you to be remembered today, all those forces, I command the grip on your destiny, be broken in Jesus' name. Whatever divination or sorcery has been put in place that has been working in your family that limits people to one particular level, that everybody's just okay. Everybody's just okay. When you ask why they say they're just okay. Nobody has ever broken through for the grace of God is given unto us that we may have sufficiency in all things and abound. Not just sufficiency in all things, but abound in every good work. That curse of just being okay, but not have not abounding. I break that curse today in Jesus' name. From this day, you go beyond just being okay to abounding. I decree you go from just being okay to abounding in Jesus' name. And if you have been abounding, please listen very carefully. I hear very clearly in my spirit. I pray for everybody here that has gone beyond okay, that is abounding. Your next generation, your seed, the highest level you reach will be the lowest level they will ever be. The highest level you reach will be the lowest level they will ever be. Your seed will be greater than you. They will live longer than you. They will be healthier than you. They will be more successful than you. They will be more significant than you. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray. Somebody came to this service. He's trusting God for speed. Trusting God for speed. People are asking you embarrassing questions. Where is your God? What about this? Have you found out yet? Are you pregnant yet? Oh, is that your husband next to you? Oh, man, that's some embarrassing questions. Ah. Ah. They dropped that man by the beautiful gate and they said, We'll pick you up at 5 p.m. today. We'll pick you up at 3 p.m. today. The, the other man said, I'm 3 p.m. Why, why so early? Normally, 5 p.m., you know, I don't make enough money until that time. They said, Well, we're busy, so we've got to come and pick you up. So, okay. And Peter, he didn't know he would meet Peter and James and John on that day. They met him. He rose up. When his friends came back that evening, they didn't find him. Ah, where he used to be. 
They asked Rabbi, they said, excuse me, uh, the man, he said, which man? He's always there now, you know him. Oh, they said, oh, that man. Said, oh, you haven't heard? He said, no, we haven't heard. We came from out of town. We haven't heard. What happened? Oh, they said, the whole town has scattered. Why? There was, there was a war. He's been killed, rushed to the hospital. They said, no. It's now the talk of the town. His situation has changed. It's no longer where he used to be. Ah. The Bible said he was leaping. He was jumping. Friends, listen to me. I'm speaking to the person here connecting with faith and my family online right now. I'm speaking to you. Listen very carefully to me. I speak as a servant of God. Jesus Christ sent me. And I'm saying to you right now, before this year is over, you will no longer be where you used to be. God will take you higher. He will take you higher. Your testimony will be dramatic. Your testimony will be dramatic. Your testimony will be dramatic. It will inspire millions of other people. It will inspire millions of other people. Your testimony will inspire millions of other people. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please don't be in a hurry to go. I'm going to release one powerful grace that God has stirred me up to release upon you. I've had the privilege with our pastors that are here. We've had the privilege to do some things within our own area and jurisdiction and the assignment God has given us to pioneer quite a lot of things in this country. Within our church family, the Redeemed Christian Church of God in this country, we're the ones that pioneered two services, three services, four services. We did all of that. Open Heavens came about first time in Canada. Nobody ever done it before. Never seen anything like that before. We pioneered quite a lot of things. We got on national TV. We started the Young Adult Church. Pioneer. There's a grace for a new idea. That was time. We went on TV 2015. Not one day have we gone on TV to say, excuse me, please, money. Even during the pandemic. In fact, during the pandemic, people were giving. I met a man three weeks ago. He came to the office. He's probably watching online right now. And he was telling Thompson and I his testimony. He came with his family. How during the pandemic, it was what he was watching on TV that was sustaining him. He said, he saw you. I saw you on TV. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we have never once, some, some, it was in last year or two years ago, I got a letter from the central office of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. They sent us a letter. It was a check. They said somebody had watched it on TV. They don't even remember the address. And I went to Google and said, well, I think I saw Redeemed Christian Church of God there. Now I went to Google it, found it. A Chinese lady. And she wrote it there and sent this serious amount of money and sent it to the central office. And thank God there are Christians there. And they sent it. They sent it. They, they actually did very well. You know, I have to say that they did that very well. And they sent it. They sent it wrong. Listen to me. You know, if the raven is bringing it to Elijah, he will miss Elijah. Uh, if he if he goes along there, and say, Elijah and he's about to give, he will come back and pick it. <laughs> he sent it. Sent it wrong. We have never asked, but the resources keep coming in. Listen to me. We're on national. We're on national TV. We're on Yes TV, we're on Vision TV. We even supported our African community. We're an African global, supporting the community. Listen to me. Now we're going international. Yeah. Taking the message international. And not asking for one dollar from anybody. Listen very carefully to me, friends. Pioneering things. That grace is available this morning. Anybody would like that grace this morning? You will, you will be pioneering things on a different level. And God, as you power, God will be giving you sustainable advantage. Yeah. I want to pray for this pioneering spirit. Please don't take it lightly what I've said to you. <laughs> don't take it lightly what I've said to you. Pioneering spirit. Pioneering spirit. The spirit that was on Abraham. Pioneering spirit. He came upon Isaac. Pioneering spirit. He came upon Jacob. A pioneer genetic modification. Pioneering spirit. What nobody in your area has been able to do, people will be using you as the blueprint. Yeah. Which church? I'm saying this to the glory of Jesus Christ, not to boast, but to just explain to help you boost your faith. Which church made business analysis open to everybody? Is this church? They used to make fun of us. Even we used to call us business analysis church. 
Is this church? Until we got to the point whereby we now don't have just have business analysts. We have many people that have started business analysis schools in the congregation. Which church made business intelligence? Brought it, made it very open. This church. We used to hold project management P, PMP training inside the church that the church to subsidize. We brought in the teachers inside the church. Brought in people from IBM, brought in people from all those places. Which church made real estate? Made it open to everybody here. Brought in people from Vancouver, real estate gurus. And we're doing something similar to that very soon. Because now I'm tired of, when I say I'm tired, not that I'm, I'm upset or frustrated, but tired in the sense that it's grateful to God, but there's more. I want, I've not yet in my own life, and I know it's my destiny, to dedicate entire neighborhoods of development. So I need, I need builders. I need builders. I need builders. Thank God, not, not you build your own personal house. I'm grateful to God for that. We dedicate that one. But I'm talking of, you say, Pastor, well, Pastor, you know, God accept us. This is what we, our faith is able to do this time. We just build a hundred units. You know, I will come there. This week, by God's grace, I'm going to be dedicating one of us, but uh, got the franchise of a Chica Phil. The only one that I got. I'm going there this week. I have to step into that. I'm going to go and dedicate that. I told the young lady, I said, listen to me. I don't come free you. Once I show up, she's excited. She's excited. I, tell, I said, when I, when I show up there, free chicken feel, I have to go home with lunch. She started, you know, we started laughing, we joked about it. She said, of course, of course, of course, you get a chicken feel. I said, praise God. I said, I'm coming with my friend though. Fred is following me. I said, he's going to get chicken too. Let his family begin to ask him, where did he go? <laughs> so, you know, we joked about it and we played about it. But it's a, it's a honor. The Lord just give it to everybody. Say, hold on. We're stepping into that. People are breaking through. The first one in square one. And make sure you go there. Have fun there. Pioneering spirit. Lift those hands. I pray for you today. Grace. Skyigamos. Father, it has pleased you. You took the spirit upon Moses. You put it on many people. I pray, Father, this pioneering grace that brings boldness, that makes people to step out in faith, brings boldness. This pioneering faith, my Father, Father, I pray that will make your people pioneer new ideas of products new ideas of services, new ideas of experiences, new ideas of recognizing and penetrating new markets, new ideas that would disrupt entire industries. Grace for innovation. Grace for invention. Father, let it come upon them now in Jesus' name. Let it come upon them now in Jesus' name. Come upon them now in Jesus' name. Receive that grace now in Jesus' name. Receive that grace now in Jesus' name. To recognize the idea that other people would recognize, it will take them the next 10 years to recognize. The grace that came upon Zacchaeus that he went way ahead of everybody and sat on the tree, sycamore tree, that other people came, Jesus went that way, and the crowd came to that same place. And Jesus stood, and the crowd also were looking at him. The grace that will make you position yourself ahead of the crowd, way ahead of the crowd. Receive that grace now in Jesus' name. In your career, receive that grace. In your business, receive that grace. In whatever you lay your hands to do, receive that grace. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. In Jesus' name. I was praying about grace for pioneering, but I just had in my spirit there's a lady that is here in your entire family. Nobody has ever given birth to twins. And God said, I should let you know, you'll be the first person to give birth to twins. You don't have children yet, so you're going to be, the first is going to be twins that will come forth. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Lastly, I release upon you today the spiritual resources, the invisible support. Ah! That has backed this church all this while. Invisible support. That will make you start and expect 10 and you will bring a thousand. Let that force now work on your behalf in Jesus' name. Let those supernatural forces work on your behalf in Jesus' name. I so I declare by you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, receive your promotion in Jesus' name. 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 Receive your promotion in Jesus' mighty name. Now, if you receive your promotion, open your mouth and give him a shout of praise. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.